there was a recent uh, meta-analysis and meta-regression that, that looked at this, that looked at all the different studies of exercise and, and cognitive function. And they tried to figure out what's the minimum effective dose of exercise to see a clinically significant change in cognitive function, right? So what's the smallest amount you can do before you see like an actually an important change? You know, often in studies, something will say it will be statistically significant, right? There's a change here. It's different. We tested it with a statistical test. It's different. But to the individual, it doesn't really matter. It's like it's not clinically meaningful. Like, mm. so, so that's an important distinction. So they, they looked at it in terms of met minutes per week. So which is which is like a function of how intense the exercise is times by how much time you spend doing it. But it, in reality, it's like 30 minutes a day of moderate to vigorous physical activity, which just happens to be the government guidelines. So actually, it's probably less than people think. You, mm. I imagine the work shows that a bit more than that is probably better. 45 minutes to an hour a day is, is maybe optimal. I don't like that word. We can come back to that later. Um, but 30 It's like minutes how is... I don't like the word diet. It's the same thing. <laughs> I know why you're saying that. <laughs> but 30 minutes a day. And the level that we're talking about is like 30 minutes of brisk walking a day. Like that's what we're talking about. Nothing mm -hmm. heroic. Not 20 hours in the gym. Um, 30, 30 minutes a day of, of brisk walking is more than enough. And th there's, it was a very nice study done a few years ago now. That, that showed exactly this. They took individuals in their 60s and 70s and they randomized them to uh, either three sessions of 40 minutes of brisk walking per week or three 40-minute uh, sessions of stretching as the control group. And the walking group saw significant increases in size of their hippocampi on a brain scan. And that's the area of the brain that's really critical for memory and is and it sort of atrophies and, and declines in Alzheimer's disease. So... And that was the first time that we saw we could increase the size of an area of the brain in older humans with a simple intervention. And it was just wow. 40 minutes of walking three times a week. I think it's probably to, to see really significant effects, it's probably less than you think. Um, and, mm. and in that same study, they showed that the effect was bigger in those who got the greatest fitness benefits. So again, it's sort of like directly related to, to cardiovascular fitness, at least, at least a part of that effect. Wow. Okay. And then what about resistance training? Because we're always taught about resistance training. Does that play a part in our brain health as well? Is there a direct link with muscle mass and brain health? Yes, I, I like to think so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mainly because I like lifting weights. Um, the, so there are a few reasons why, why I say that. If you look at muscle mass and brain mass, there was a, a study that came out a few years ago, which looked at what are the what are the best predictors of how much brain you have in your skull um, from your like overall body composition. And this sounds like a weird thing, but um, obviously everybody has a different size skull, right? But the thing that we know happens over time as you get older, or as you enter into cognitive decline and dementia is that your brain shrinks, right? You lose brain mass. So across people with and without dementia, they looked at like how much of your skull is filled with brain essentially. And is there anything in your body composition that can predict that? And so BMI didn't predict it, fat mass didn't predict it, but muscle mass did. So muscle mass and brain mass were directly correlated. And there's a number of mechanisms and reasons why, why that could be the case that we can dig into. But directly related to that, there was a big study that came out from the UK Biobank that looked at 
uh, a measure of IQ called fluid intelligence. And again, they looked at, they had DEXA scans on all these people. They looked at all these different parts of uh, body composition. And the best predictor of fluid intelligence, and it was slightly better in women than it was in men. And that's probably because, you know, in, ge in general, men are more likely to be at a threshold of muscle mass that is probably enough than women. So there's maybe more, more of an effect you can have in women. They found that the best predictor was muscle mass of fluid intelligence. And they also looked at everything else like BMI, subcutaneous fat, visceral fat, like None of that mattered as much as muscle mass. So while people are really focused on how much they weigh, the most important thing that I think for that you can do to improve your brain health from an exercise standpoint is first, some degree of improving cardiovascular fitness, and then just like putting on as much muscle as you can. And again, it's quite a small amount. You need to be in like the top 50% of the population. It's not like you have to go to the gym for several hours a week. It's funny because sometimes the, like the message... Uh, is affected by the messenger and i've like several times i've talked about muscle mass and mortality and uh cognitive function and and cognitive decline and i like to lift weights and i and i look like i lift weights and 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 people will come to me and say but i don't want to look like you and you don't need to absolutely not so when you look at how much muscle mass people need there's something called the ffmi fat free mass index uh, which is essentially the same as BMI, the body mass index, but you calculate it after you take away fat mass because the fat doesn't matter. What matters is how much muscle and, and bone is included in there as well. And so in women, you probably want an FFMI above 14, ideally above 16. And if you have like a DEXA scan or you can like estimate... Oh, I had one this weekend. I was only yeah. 12. Your FFMI was 12? Yeah. All right, we better get to the gym. Uh, <laughs> so above 14 is just like in the top half of the population. It's not it's not a huge amount. Uh, mm -hmm. And in men, you probably you want to be at least above 17 and maybe closer to 19. So that can mm -hmm. give you like some some cutoffs. And if we're thinking about like what does that really take to see improvements there, I think about something like the Smart Study, which was done in I think they were they were in their mid 70s on average. And they, it was a four-group design. So they had a control group, and then they had people do either resistance training or cognitive training or both. And they saw the biggest improvements in like connectivity and brain function in those who were in the two resistance training groups. There was some like additional benefit to memory and hipp hippocampus function in, in the cognitive training group, as you'd probably expect. Hmm. But the, the training protocol that they did was three times a week, six exercises three sets of eight so you like go to your local small gym like one exercise per muscle group three sets of eight three times a week you can do it in 30 to 45 minutes that's the amount of resistance training we're talking again nothing heroic just enough to kind of stimulate some of, like some of that neuromuscular connection as well as you know build muscle mass which is which uh gives you a bigger buffer for you know metabolic health and all these other things that's the kind of level of effort that we're talking. Thank you for listening. For the full interview, follow the link in the show notes and be sure to subscribe, follow and share the Live Well, Be Well podcast.
Before you go, I have something new to tell you about. There's brand new bonus content waiting for you with every new guest I speak to. These are exclusively for my inner circle of Apple subscribers. To listen now, head to the Live Well, Be Well show page on Apple Podcasts, where you can activate your free trial and you can enjoy the podcast without adverts.